Hello and welcome to the latest in the YST podcast series. Over the past three episodes, we've spoken to a range of guests about the impact of COVID-19 on the future of PE and sport. In this special episode, YST's Ali Oliver hosts a question and answer with the Minister for Sport, Nigel Huddleston, to get the government's view at this critical time. Issues on the agenda include the School Sport and Activity Action Plan, how youth sport will look post-COVID-19, the primary PE and sport premium, as well as YST's National School Sport Week at Home, which kicks off this weekend on Saturday the 20th of June. So here's Ali with the first question. Well, Minister, thank you so much for your time. It's a real privilege to have an opportunity to talk with you at any time, but right now with the um, everything that's going on, both in government and particularly in the return to play of sport, um, it's brilliant to have your time. So on behalf of all, all people listening and the Youth Sport Trust, thank you so much. Last time we were together, I think you were about a month into role, we were in Coventry at the Youth Sport Trust conference. And um, at that time, you, you spoke about having one of the best roles in government. I'm just wondering, just to ease us in, does it still feel like that with everything that's gone on? You know, it's it's a it's a fascinating uh, time to be a to be a minister, and it's a fascinating time to be sports minister because you're absolutely right. It certainly hasn't been business as usual, um, and the the role certainly at this time of year. Uh, I, you know, a lot of my colleagues uh, uh, look at me as if I'm kind of minister for tickets, expecting me to go to every single sporting event. But of course, there aren't um, any going on, and uh, and it's a bit bizarre that uh, for. I've only been sports minister now for 16 weeks and I have still not been to an actual sporting event. Um, and <laughs> the, the only external, I, outside of the building uh, event I've been to in my capacity as sports minister was yours, oh. interestingly. Um, so that was the day that I, we went to see the Commonwealth Games, actually went to see the uh, Aquatic Centre in Sandwell in Birmingham um, being built. And then I uh, came by your event in Coventry. That is the one and only external event I have been to um, as sports minister. So um, it's been very different, um, quite challenging, as you can imagine. Mm. Uh, but it's also given me an opportunity to engage in a really detailed forensic level with every single sports governing body, because these are dramatic and uncertain times. And, and in some ways, actually, the level of engagement and access I've then had with uh, sports bodies has been, has been truly incredible, because we've all had to get our heads down and work on so many areas, um, similarly with Sport England, as someone developed a really good working relationship with. So very uncertain times, but certainly interesting, but not quite what I expected. <laughs> well, we'll feel very proud that we're the only event you've been to. But yes, I can, I can imagine that the opportunity to listen and talk to others, um, and as you say, work with Sport England, who have been incredibly supportive of yeah. school sport throughout this period, and we're incredibly grateful for that. Um, but I wonder, has your you, you spoke to us in Coventry about your ambitions for young people in youth sports uh, and school sport. Have your ambitions remained the same? Have they grown? Where, where do you feel you're sitting now with, uh, with the return to play, hopefully quite imminent? Yeah, the, you know, they, they certainly have. And the goals I expressed, you know, my enthusiasm for sport, because it is something that everybody can participate in. You know, you don't have to be good at sport to really enjoy it, you know. And we all know the, the physical benefits, but also the mental health benefits. And if that excitement, that interest, that enthusiasm can happen early on, it stays with you for the rest of your life. So the importance of getting um, young people um, engaged and excited about sport is really very much there still. 
Um, now, in terms of my focus, how I've been spending my time, the policy work I've been doing, not quite as originally planned, you know, because we've, we've talked about wanting to refresh the um, school support and activity action plan, working with the Department for Education and the Department for Health, and we still want to do that. Um, and we might have been in the process of doing that now had it not been for coronavirus. So um, things have got in the way um, in terms of policy development, but different things have happened. So um, my priorities are still very much there, still very much need to work with the Department for Education because, um, as you're well aware, you know, something like 40% of all sport facilities in the country are behind school gates. Mm. So the schools um, and the role they play in sports is absolutely you know, vitally important. So we need to continue that working relationship. But of course, schools, many of them um, are closed, at least uh, to large numbers of children at the moment. So that access isn't there, which raises the question then about access to sports facilities for everybody else. Well, of course, the leisure centres are also closed. So we've got some real challenges at the moment, but the goal to get people more active, that 60 minutes per day, is still very, very much there as a goal. We've just got some um, additional challenges, but we are now starting to open up. We've now got grassroots sports starting again. We've got elite sports starting again as well. So we're moving in the right direction, but boy, do we have a lot of challenges now we hadn't anticipated. Yeah, the, the pure logistics of the return to, to play a huge on their own. And I know you've spoken about schools um, having a huge range of facilities which provide access, but also personnel um, in, yeah. in terms of the, the workforce. And you very kindly wrote to the school games organisers during the pandemic to um, thank them for the work they've done on keeping children active. Um, do you Have you still got views about that workforce going forward? So, you know, a lot of people listening here work as part of either a coaching infrastructure, a teaching infrastructure, or a school sport partnership um, in, in, in their day-to-day -day role. And, and as that school sport action plan moves forward, um, you know, we've realized over the summer yet again, how important it is to have people as well as facilities together for sport. Yeah, and you're, 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 you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, the, the facilities are vital, but actually interestingly in lockdown, we've seen that you can also be active and without the equipment, you know, there's been an incredible degree of really creative online activities and, uh, and, and so on. I mean, the Joe Wicks phenomenon, for example, has been incredible, but also, yeah, all the stakeholders um, have been fantastic in, in, in offering um, online provision as, as well, actually. Uh, and, uh, and it's been great to see so many people still engaged and trying to do what they can, whether or not, uh, you know, young people are actually able to be um, in schools or take advantage of those sports facilities. And maybe that kind of focus online and the focus on um, physical fitness that you can do on your own or in small groups is something that might, might continue afterwards as well. So yeah, I'm very grateful for everybody who's continued the sporting activities. Um, and actually some schools have done, have done a, a great job and some of the stakeholders have done a great job at uh, still encouraging and supporting children to be active during lockdown. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, and it requires a, a great deal of creativity. So I'm grateful for everything that they've done. I'm, I'm sure they'll be really pleased again to, to hear your, your thanks, Minister. And what sort of role do you see for a national network of um, sports organisers akin to the, the School Games Organiser Network in the future? Well, they do play a pivotal role because um, they, they share learnings, they um, you know, learn off each other, they share best practices. Um, and I think it's also important in terms of 
having some level of consistency of provision as well, and that's really important. So the organizers of the uh, sports organizers have been fantastic um, at that, and they really push the envelope, actually. Um, so I'm very keen that we have um, not only sport and, and activity high on the uh, political agenda, but I'm also very keen that we work with the Department for Education to make sure that it's it's absolutely still there at the, the heart of curriculum. Um, and I know it raises questions about funding, which um, you'll forgive me, uh, I can't comment on in too much detail. And of course, those are conversations between the Treasury and Department for Education, as well as DCMS. Um, but as we've spoken about before, you know which side I'll be on in terms of the asks. And, uh, and, and we need to make sure that the provision um, you know, continues because it's really important. And you just see it. I mean, I love going to schools and see the energy and enthusiasm uh, that, uh, uh, that, that, that young people, you know, including very young, have for when they get out and about and engage in sports. Um, and it's a really important part of, uh, of education. It's a really important part of growing up um, and having some kind of um, national network that can help deliver to everybody um, is, is really important. Thank you. Thank you for that. And it's it's great, again, to hear our Minister for Sport talking so passionately about the influence of sport on not just young people's health and well-being, but also their achievement in school and their edu wider educational outcomes. And I think that's where uh, we at the Youth Sport Trust see that network playing that important translation role between sport for sport's sake and sport actually for, for educational outcomes. And, um, you know, I'm sitting in a school now as we do as we're doing this interview and um, helping schools to recognise how to use sport and physical education in a way that meets their objectives rather than schools feeling they're being used to deliver on a health agenda or a sport agenda is I mean, so important. Absolutely and I've got to say uh, thank you for everything that you do because you, uh, you, you, you really keep it, you, you hold us to account as well and make sure that we uh, deliver on the promises but actually the provision is, is, is vital uh, and coming up with ideas and suggestions is vitally important as well. So, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of players in the provision overall when you look at everybody across the country. Um, but, um, but, but everybody seems to work together in this arena in a really collaborative, cooperative, um, positive way, which I think is, is really useful. Um, you know, it, it's important uh, that, we, that we have people who clearly enjoy working with each other and have got <laughs> similar passions and goals. And, and actually, that's what I see in sports provision. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I think the school games is such a great example of that, Minister, again, with thanks to... Uh, DCMS and Sport England uh, through National Lottery Investment and their commitment to it but having the school games organise a network working with schools, active partnerships, national governing bodies of sport and then a whole range of other partners whether it's Women in Sport, Activity Alliance, all who bring their respective expertise and insight to help uh, us all um, inspire more young yeah. people and make sport more accessible. Just one Absolutely, thing and, and you know on that, and sorry to interrupt, but no, uh, no. You know, on, on that as well, you raise a really, really important point as well. Uh, you know, we can provide the provision, you know, we can provide the equipment and we can even provide the organisers and, and, and so on, but sometimes people still fall through the gaps, don't they? And we've really got to make sure that that inclusivity is a key part of everything that we do. Um, because we still have issues at, at every age group, actually, and this is the case not only at at school and young people that right across the uh, the age gaps uh, with um, with with um, gender differences. So sometimes, not everywhere, sometimes not as many women participating in all sports and, and young girls as we would like to see. And we've we've had a focus on that. We'll continue to focus. And also members of the Bain community as well. The level of activity and involvement in sport isn't always uh, what we uh, what we would like. So we've got to make sure we focus on 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 those areas to make sure that they're truly inclusive. And you've probably seen as well, you know, the recent debate, and it's a very valuable debate 
on not only a sport and activity levels, but, but seeing um, unrepresented um, uh, uh, members of the community in leading sports as well, whether that's uh, you know coaches and managers and and, and owners of uh, sports teams and so on. Um, so we've got a lot to do still. We really do, and that, that inclusivity agenda is is really important to me. It's a real passion of people I work with in the department and all the stakeholders I talk to as well. Yeah, it's uh, been a huge topic of conversation for obvious reasons in recent weeks. Really, that. Uh, diversity um, and inclusion agenda and I think um, you know one of the things again we hold dear uh, is is making sure that from the very earliest age all young people feel sport is for them uh, and also the great role that sport plays in developing respect and understanding and acceptance and when children play together they don't see those differences um, it's unfortunately as they grow up and they adopt um, attitudes um, that you know could have been influenced by wh whoever but they, when they're young they don't see it so how we can keep yeah. sport as a place where where it isn't seen rather than sport as an environment where um, difference is is amplified and I think the work that goes on in schools with young leaders and young volunteers is a great starting point isn't it I mean we we, we know that the, the physical education teaching profession is disproportionately white um, but we know that we have got, you know, a high representation of BMA, BAME young people, uh, LGBTQI young people, um, boys and girls, disabled, non-disabled in our young volunteer academies up and down the country. So it's yeah. how we ensure they break through and they come forward to, to lead, as you say. Yeah, and you, and you absolutely have some inspirational leaders in that. I saw that at the conference in February. Um, so, uh, you know, we've got some real role models right across the community uh, there. Um, and you, make, you raise a really important point as well about, you know, the skills that you learn through sport very early on that then stay with you the rest of the life, whether it's leadership or being a team and part of the team player. And when you think about it, the first time that people really experience being part of a team um, often is at school doing sport. Um, and those skills then go on and transfer into the work environment much later on. And, and I know everybody sometimes, sometimes maybe overplays the analogy between sport and learning and teamwork and leadership and all those kind of things in the business world. But actually, it's true. It really, really is, which is why the language and the analogies are often in business and politics and all sorts of parts of life, uh, sports words and themes, you know, and there's, there's no, there's no um, you know, surprise there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's exactly. You should really work for the Esports Trust. I know you've got a far more important job to do. Um, <laughs> work with you, yeah. <laughs> Minister, I'm just going to take you, you back. And I, I, do, I do understand the position that you hold in government uh, in the department that you're in. But we did um, open up the questions for today to uh, people involved in school sport and networks and beyond. And there was just this overwhelming request that I must kind of put to you. We're obviously in a situation at the moment, unprecedented times very difficult for governments to do all of the decisions or make all the decisions you have to make. But the absence of confirmation of the primary PE and sport premium is compounding, really, the challenges faced by people who want to try and help young people recover quickly from the consequences of lockdown and uh, the pandemic. And no, they can do that through PE and school sport, but uh, it's obviously logistically hard in a school. And then to not have the commitment from government to that primary premium leaves everyone on very shaky foundations at the moment, just at the point when I think we all feel young people need play and sport and physical education more than more than ever. 
Um, I, I know it's difficult for you, but do you have any um, any light you can shed on that one for us? Well, look, I, I am um, acutely aware of the impact that the P and sport premiums had. Um, we've seen it. So, you know, the, the concept has been proved, the bang for the buck, the value um, is, is beyond question. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's proven to be uh, very effective. Um, I, I, I cannot, um, and I appreciate you understand this, make commitments on behalf of the Treasurer or on, on behalf of another department, but obviously as Sports Minister, um, you know, quite frankly, and a father, I've got a massive interest in, in, in this. Um, and, uh, and, and therefore, you know, we'll have continuing conversations with the Department for Education. Um, but I don't think they're in any doubt as to the importance here as well. But as you also recognise, we're in really uncertain and challenging times. And, um, and, and in particular with, with coronavirus and all the social distancing and all the challenges that brings, you know, potential challenges and costs involved in just physical infrastructure of schools going forward is itself a major challenge. Um, but I would certainly like to see and make sure that um, sports provision still remains very high and the premium obviously pays a, an important part of that. So we'll have conversations with Department for Education um, and the Treasury, but I can't, I can't promise things on behalf in areas that I can't control. And, you know, that's not a fob out, that's just the reality of it. But I can tell you that government departments do work really closely together. Um, and certainly the conversations I've had with uh, Department for Education ministers, they really get sport. Um, they, they really do. Um, and, um, you know, there's no doubt as well that, uh, you know, in these current circumstances, we've seen beyond doubt the focus that, you know, that the healthier you are and the more active you are, um, it helps prevention, not only with coronavirus, but actually across the board in terms of um, um, uh, diseases and, and, and your overall, uh, overall health. So, um, if anything, uh, sport and activity levels are higher on the political agenda because we've seen a greater focus on on prevention and the importance of healthy lifestyles and active lifestyles in, in reducing your chances of um, of, um, of of suffering badly um, from from this horrendous disease so you know there's a real focus as well um, on the department for health on on prevention as well now um, I mean, to be honest, we've been going that way for a while, but I think coronavirus, unfortunately, has really highlighted that that uh, that harsh reality as well. Yeah. Well, well. Thank you, Minister, for answering the question or, or, or answering what you can of the question, and thank you for the work that you're doing across government. Um, we're we're obviously concerned not just on the the, the financial underpinning, and um, as I know we've shared with you, Department, there are a number of people's jobs at risk because of yeah. the delays and indeed some who've sadly already been made redundant and it's about not losing the capacity so when we are absolutely at that point hopefully in September when more children are returning to school that he and sport is used to help the nation recover whether it's uh, physical development or mental health or as you say social engagement and, and, and interaction again so thank you for what you're doing and please please keep pushing as hard as you can. Well, look, you've uh, you've made the point very well, uh, very articulately, and um, and 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 your network, uh, the message from your network is 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 heard loud and clear, and I will make sure um, that I pass on those messages as well to the Department for Education. Thank, thank you, and Minister, we're coming towards the end of our limited time with you, and I know you've got uh, very important things to go on and do. Next week is National School Sport Week at home this year for the very first time. Um, so it will it will involve lots of schools in activity with the cohorts of children they've got back. But we're obviously trying to 
um, help young people and their families think about sport as a reconnector, as a way of re-socialising children back together and really kind of celebrating all of the togetherness that we love as people after months and months of isolation and, and separation. Um, can we get you to take part in one of the challenges perhaps next week, Minister? You know, I would I would love to. I'm sure we'll find uh, find something to do. I mean, I have to say, during um, during the lockdown, I've uh, I've enjoyed the, the the few opportunities I've had to be able to um, spend time with the children, and usually we've engaged in some kind of sporting activity. Only this weekend, I was playing uh, basketball with my my daughter, and needless to say, my 11 year old daughter beat me uh, again. <laughs> Uh, and cycling a whole bunch of things so I'm sure there's something that I'll be able to do in order to uh, support uh, support the week and, and actually I have to say the I'm really glad that the school sport week the national school sport week is still going ahead um, even though it is at home um, uh, rather than the, the full range of activities but I'm glad it's going ahead it's really important it is and I hope everybody participates and uh, I will find some way to make sure that I do so and I'll try and make sure there's some photographic evidence that I can send you to do so as well rather than just be one of these people who says yeah 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 and then uh, and then forget so uh, that, I'm sure no. you'll hold me to that. Yeah. <laughs> we absolutely will that would be wonderful to, ha to have your your support and um, you may have picked up that um, Sky Sports are supercharging School Sport Week this year, so um, they are looking for content and things to share. So it would be brilliant if we were able to capture something. Uh, Minister, just in closing, can I ask if you have a final message to anyone that's, um, I guess, working in school sport or physical education or bringing daily physical activity to our young people's lives at this moment in time where we've, we're hopefully coming out of a, a, a dreadful pandemic? where older people have quite rightly and understandably had the majority of the attention because of the greater risk to their health. But with young people, I guess the fear is that the damage to them may be much more long lasting, albeit more subtle perhaps in their mental health or their physical development. Do you have a message of uh, encouragement or call to action or support to all of us, the Youth Sport Trust as well, of what you would like to see us uh, do in a, in a united way to, to help the nation recover? Well, I would, I would like to say a huge thank you, actually, to everything that everybody is doing um, right across the country. Um, and, uh, and, and the fact that, interestingly, even during coronavirus, levels of activity and engagement in sport, you know, has changed. But actually, I, I'm trying to get my handle on the, on the numbers, but it looks like it's actually for certain segments uh, and in certain parts of the country remained remarkably high. And in fact, actually, we've seen a boom in things like cycling. Um, and I say, you know, the Joe Wicks phenomenon with millions of people, you know, exercising at home, um, but actually all the stuff that the school sports organizers and sports teachers and others are also doing online. I mean, Joe Wicks is great, but actually there's dozens, hundreds of others actually doing great things um, at local or national level to continue activity levels and engagement in sport has been really important. So it makes it's made sure it's not fallen off the agenda. And also, uh, people have really enjoyed getting out and about. And I think from the government side of things, it's been really important, if you remember and look back, even at the height of the lockdown, allowing to go out and exercise was still the one thing that you were able to do. So that shows how important we recognise it is for everybody. And actually, it's been fascinating to see how many people genuinely have then gone out and exercised. But it's not everybody. And we've got to make sure that we do try and encourage everybody of all ages to do so or everybody who is allowed to do so. Um, and uh, we've got to make sure that uh, that level continues. So I'd say thank you for everything that everybody has done. 
uh, that they continue to do. And as I say, I, I can assure you, you know, sports still really, really high on the government's agenda and activity levels. And uh, I would just like to say a sincere thank you for everybody continuing to make sure that that is so um, during, you know, what has been a really incredibly challenging time um, for the country. Um, and we will work with you and all stakeholders to make sure that we um, can get back to business as close to usual as we can, but actually go beyond that. We've got a lot to do still. So we, we want to enhance support provision. We want to enhance activity levels. Still got that goal of 60 minutes per, uh, uh, per day. Um, and we're not there yet. Um, and, uh, and, and we've got a lot of work to do. Um, so a big thank you for everything everybody's done, but I will be calling on everybody to do even more um, and work with us even more in the, in the near future. So, um, so uh, be well. <laughs> Great. Well, thank, thank you so much once again, Minister, for your continued support, for your time today and for allowing me to, to ask all of those questions. But um, most of all, thank you for caring about school sport and youth sport, and physical education and all the things that um, are so important in creating a healthy sporting nation for the future. We really do appreciate your time and we hope for you that your next five months and indeed beyond that are not quite as much of a whirlwind as the, the first five that, that you face. Thank you so much once again. Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the YST podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find out more about any of the issues discussed today by visiting our website at www.youthsporttrust.org. Until next time, goodbye. Please text CHAMP to 7085 to donate £3 and help ensure every child gets to experience the life-changing benefits which come from play and sport. Thank you.